Um, yeah, it is just great to, to be here, me and my wife, this morning. And, um, you know, I'm just going to share a couple of things of what God has been doing uh, up till now, ever since um, a year ago. But also, I'm going to share this morning about a topic that I really feel God has really put on my heart to bring to the house. Um, it's so surreal, isn't it? It's like, really, like, wow. <laughs> You know, I need to first start by saying I really, really honor uh, Dave and the leadership of this church, big time. Um, and, and, and LBC within itself, big time. Because, do you know what? We sometimes take for granted, like when we're with people, unless you move to a different place and you stand on a different side and you look back and you say, wow, I have really been blessed. These things that I've got here, I didn't have while I was over here. So, so in terms of ministry, in terms of being a pastor, a youth pastor, I've grown so much. And I thought that I came to Lisbon to give. I, I, I went away so much equipped, so much better. And I'm like, yes, come on, Lord. This is what I want. I want to be better and not better. I want to be, I want to be equipped. And... This church has really given me that, you know, and, and I think um, Lisbon for me is not Lisbon Baptist. Lisbon to me is, it's a launching station. Lisbon has become a launching station for me. And each one of us, when we come into the house of God, it should be, it should launch you from one place to the other place. It might be, it might be physical, but most importantly, it needs to be up here. There needs to be a shift. So today, um, it's, I'm just coming to share about, um, I've been, uh, we've been at City Temple now for almost a year, and um, the work is going on very well in, uh, in City Temple. Um, I've also been part of, um, I've been assigned as, um, I don't know if you heard of Message Wales. Message Wales um, is the Message Trust in uh, Manchester, um, and they've got these huge buses, like a youth centre on wheels, which is about 86,000 pounds worth with um, PS4s on there, there's um, recording studios on there. That's just amazing. It's just, it just looks good. And God has given me opportunity to manage the bus and, and, and go all over Wales and take the gospel all over this nation. And that's why I came to Wales. I came to Wales to bring the good news of the gospel of Jesus to this nation. And that's why I'm here. I'm not on holiday. I'm here, I'm here on an assignment. And God has just done so many things. But also in terms of leadership, um, the stuff that I've learned, you know, um, here, you know, with Dave, you know, putting time into, into me. I find myself saying things that he's saying when I'm, I'm in ministry, you know, things like, um, let's be clear. What are you saying? Oh, let's be clear. You know, um, lots of stuff. And you know what? I, I'm just so, so grateful for for, you know, for, for being here. And God has strategically placed me um, for that season in this place. And I just came back today just to kind of like just encourage you guys and give you guys some nuggets really how to move from one place of just being, you know, um, coming to church to actually being a disciple of, of, of Jesus. Um, so, okay, I've got um, just a couple of questions this morning. Let's start with questions, okay? Um, my question number one, if we could put up the first slide, please. Um, pardon? Okay, she's got it. 
And this is the first question I want us to, to look at. Who is, who is the, the world's greatest sports team, do you think? The world's greatest sports team. Pardon? Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but also like the Invincibles. Come on. We need to, we need to look at that as well. Um, uh, anybody else? Barcelona. Barcelona is up there. Yeah, definitely. Um, anybody else? Who do you think is the world's greatest sports team? The Globetrotters. Okay. What did they do? <laughs> Pardon? It's just a... Yeah, basketball. Ba yeah, I know basketball, but it's, I, I just wanted to know kind of like, what, what are they like known for? Anybody else? Who's... Pardon? All Blacks, why? Pardon? You just feel it. <laughs> okay, it is right. It is the New Zealand All Blacks. They are the greatest sports team ever. And um, next question. So what makes them great and why? Let's find out the why, because if we know the why, we know the purpose of it. But what do you think? They're lucky. They're lucky. Oh, that's a lot of luck there. That's a lot of luck. <laughs> that's a lot. Wow, that's a lot of luck, really. Because more than... More than 130 years of success. That's consistency. And I'm, we're going to look this morning in, 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 in why that is. And then I'll apply it into, into the word of God this morning. So the, the next question. Was like, this is now an important question. What is the culture or the DNA of LBC? What would you say? Anybody? What would you say? What is the culture or the DNA of this church? What would you say? Pardon? Love? I feel that. Lots of that love. You're right. That was my first thing as well. Anybody else? What, what, is, what is the culture of this house? What, you know, when people come here, or when you invite somebody, you can full-heartedly invite them knowing that they are going to get love, isn't it? You know that they're coming in, they're going to get love. But what are some of the other things that, that builds up the culture or the DNA of this church? Welcoming. welcoming sharing. sharing Jesus. Welcoming. Family. family faith. faith grace. grace. DNA. That's, that, that, for me personally, it's like yeah, the, the love... The, um, the encouragement, church is about encouragement, it, it's about, for me personally, it's about that, that family. And, and unless we know the culture, if all of us know the same culture, we can impact Lisbane even on a greater scale. You can even impact um, North Cardiff in a massive, bigger scale. Because you're not just going to be love and encouragement and grace when you come to church, but you're going to be love and encouragement when you go to Sainsbury's, when you go to Tesco's, when you go to Asda, whether you go to town. Wherever you go, you are actually taking the culture of a church into the world. So when people see, when people see me 
in Lisbon and say, yeah, this guy is joyful, but when I go into Sainsbury's and I'm grumpy, it doesn't... It, there needs to be a consistency. That's why I'm asking this morning, what is the culture? And I think that you guys know what the culture of this house is. And, um, and we, we're going we're gonna to look at that this morning. So, Okay, so next slide, please. This is what makes the, the New Zealand All Blacks great. There was a guy called Miles Munro. He introduced rugby in New Zealand in 1870 while studying in England. So, so he came to England, studied... Uh, got into rugby, loved the game so much, went back to New Zealand and actually, you know, introduced rugby to, uh, to New Zealand. But he introduced character values that needs to be passed on. So it was not just about rugby, it was bigger than rugby. There were values involved in, in, in what he taught them and said, listen, this needs to be passed on. The All Blacks carries on, they carry a legacy for more than a hundred years, like I said, and they live in community and fellowship with one another. I remember the World Cup, me and Naomi went to watch the World Cup with Andres Pretorius and his wife, um, and it was the Springboks, come on Springboks! And, um, and in my heart, I was like, oh man, I know we're going to lose today. But you know, I still had that little bit of tiny, like, you know, come on! And I asked him this question, I asked him, what makes the New Zealand All Blacks so dangerous? Because... I bet the South African boys are bigger than them. And he was just laughing. He was just laughing and he said this to me. He said, Ricardo, on a pie chart, 360. He says, half of the pie chart is just the New Zealand, just focuses on character. Tactics and competence. They don't focus so much on competence because they know the guys can do it. Tactics, not so much. Character, that's what makes the New Zealand all blacks. They are community, brothers, looking out for each other. And when you put on a New Zealand all black t-shirt, you become an automatic role model. You become a role model that you, you are putting that jersey on and say, I am leaving a legacy for the next generation and I'm going to leave this jersey in a better state then I found it. Character. We don't hear people talk about character anymore, isn't it? We, we see footballers today earning lots of money, but then they are above the law. There's no character. Oh no, we are above the law. I can park my car wherever I want to park and I'll just pay my fine. And, and just no character. I don't hear people talk about character anymore. Character is not a big, big deal, but what makes the New Zealand All Blacks a great team is because of character, playing for each other. I remember Sonny Williams giving, giving that, that boy, that fan, his gold medal and saying, here it is, you know, you go off. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, you worked hard for it. And he said, this is not really important. It's about what this kid sees in me and he wants that. And you know what? It looks so much, that picture right there looks so much like discipleship. We as a church, we have a responsibility to live in community and fellowship with each other. We have to leave a legacy for those youth out there, those children who's on the other side. They need to see something in us and say, that's what I want. Because so many young people, the age of 14, they decide, at the age of 14, they decide, I don't want to go to church anymore. Did you guys know that? 14 years old, 
I don't want to be, I don't want to go to church anymore. When they get to, when they get to university, they, 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 they find themselves along the wayside. In City Temple, there's a lot of students, they, you know, they came back to Jesus, and you ask them why, and they said, which is boring. We didn't see something of Christ in the people in the church. I was like, what? We have a responsibility. We have a responsibility. God has given us values that we need to release to our young people. Next slide, please. This is the New Zealand. They, they only lost five against five nations. New Zealand only lost against five nations, nations ever since 1905. Only five nations. Wales, Wales are in fact the first nation to beat the New Zealand All Blacks. In Cardiff, 1905, they came, New Zealand, smash them! That's a, that, that's a while ago, but you know what? I, I watched this documentary, and every player that played for New Zealand, they have this elite group that meets once a month, and they talk about, hey, are those values still there? Are those values still there? We need to get it into these. Ever since 1905, you know, um, they, they, there's this thing of, is everything still intact? Is everything still intact? Is everything? And, and every New Zealand, like I said, they know that that is life. It's not just about rugby, it's about applying those values into your families. This just really encouraged me when I, when I, when I, when I, when I watched this. In 11, 112 years, their winning percentage was 78%. After 20 years, it's 84 And then in four years after the World Cup, the percentage has risen to 93% winning rate. That's huge. And out of seven World Cups, they won three. And I was like thinking, I said, Holy Spirit, that's what we need to become as the church. We need to leave, this, the, we need to leave our young people with something more. We need to give them more. The next one, please. So um, for just a couple of moments. Um, I just want to talk about establishing a culture of discipleship. We don't hear about discipleship again. Discipleship is not a big thing. We say, yes, people, you know, come to Jesus. Jesus loves you. And that's great. You know, I love preaching. I love, I'm, a, I'm an evangelist. I love to, to introduce people to Jesus and say, come on, come on. But many times people come and then we leave them like babes and say, crack on. Do your own thing. Am I right in saying that? We, 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 and Jesus never said make converts. He says make disciples. And discipleship, it takes time. It takes investing in people. That's why I'm saying I'm a better leader because Dave invested in me. And you know what I'm doing? In the church, I have a going deeper group, a discipleship small group with boys, year eight, year nine boys, 
Whenever we go on mission, these boys are preaching the gospel. I don't preach when I go on mission. These boys are preaching the gospel, five, six of them, preaching the gospel of Jesus and saying to people like, I've been changed, this is what God has done, He can do it for you. And I see loads of young people who went to Weymouth and five of my boys, they were preaching the gospel about how to go deeper in Christ in a church Sunday morning and people were like, oh, who's these guys? And I said, ever since I went to City Temple, my, my, the Lord said to me, Ricardo, don't go with your own plans. Don't have great ideas. My mandate is Matthew 28. It's to make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey what I've commanded you. And reproduce yourself in these boys. That's your job. I was like, well, it's not a program anymore now. It's not discipleship, two-week discipleship program. It is life doing with these boys. We are off next month again to, um, uh, to the Gower uh, for a, 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 a missions trip. Now there's more young people coming. Now, I was like, the parents said, yeah, the last time you took these guys over there, God is doing something in them. My kid is coming. I said, of course. But it's about establishing, where I find myself is establishing a culture of discipleship, where I even say to the boys that I work with, I say, if you see any arrogance in me, if you see any pride in me, you have license to say to me, Ricardo, that's not of God. That's not the character of Jesus. So they, they are in this place now knowing that it's about being serious with what God has given unto us. And so even in, 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 in church this morning, it's like we have to be intentional about building one another up. It's about building one another up. If we go to the... If we skip that one... Okay, about discipleship, you know when Jesus called the 12 disciples, he called the 12 disciples to him, and it says in, in Mark 4, verse 18 to 22, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew, they were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen, come, follow me. That's the first one I want to talk about. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. There's two things. Jesus is all about coming, and going. Jesus, that, that's, the, that's the command. He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come. I will give it to you. But then he says, I will send you out. Sometimes we come to Jesus. Sometimes we come in his presence and say, come Holy Spirit, come. So he comes, he gives you advice, and he gives you instruction. But we don't find ourselves going. Have you ever noticed that in our lives? Sometimes, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? Come. He speaks, and then He gives us information, 
But then we don't go and do it. And sometimes some of us go and do stuff and never came to Jesus. Do you see what I mean? It's like sometimes we go without coming to Him and sometimes we come to Him without going. It goes together. It goes together. God gives you something. He says, come to me, but now go in the power of the Spirit. Coming and going is always the two things that Jesus will. When I came to, to, to Lisbon, I had to say, Holy Spirit, come. Do you want me to go to Lisbon? Yes. We met. We had intensive interviews. Praise Jesus. And, um, and it was good. But not only, he said to me, go. And I came. And again, he says, come, but go. And what is God saying to you maybe today? What is it that you need to go to? Or what is it you need to come to? So that he can speak to you about where you, where you need to be. And then the, the, the next slide is the Great Commission. Where he says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and, and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. The question is this. How many disciples... Do you have? How many disciples do you have? How many disciples are you making? Uh, you don't need to answer it, but it's just, um, just a provoking question. If Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations, then the question should be, how many disciples do you have? I have, I have loads of disciples. I have disciples, like I just said, my boys, um, you know, I've, I've got about eight of them, who are, when I, whenever I preach... They help me prepare my messages for Sundays when I preach. So, so when we, Wednesdays, we go through the, through, through the word and, and, and I do life with them and I encourage them. And, and when I preach, I say, hey, two of you, would you guys come and preach with me this message? So I've got eight disciples and I've got more coming that I need to be intentional about. How many disciples do you have? Because if it is about making disciples... And um, three of those boys, I, I always say to them, read the vision statement. The vision statement is, now go and make disciples. That's the vision and mission statement. Three of my boys got so convicted by l reading the scripture, they said, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They said, Ricardo, I love Jesus, but I've never been baptized. And the scripture says that I need to be baptized. Because if I love Jesus then I need to be baptized. I said, make you right. Three of them got baptized. I baptized them. By the grace of God, only by reading what, what Scripture says. Scripture is powerful. So they said, I've never been baptized. I said, it's almost like we are, I have a ring that is external, revealing my commitment to my wife. I don't, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a, a hidden thing. It is just an external expression of an inward commitment. That's what baptism is about. If you've never been baptized, then it means that how can I love Jesus, but I just want to keep Jesus in me and Jesus. <coughs> baptism says, hey, I love him. And I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because the power. 
unto salvation to those that will believe. So these boys said to me, Ricardo, I need to be baptized. Because that's what the mandate says. So, I felt the Holy Spirit say this to me. Why I'm bringing this to you guys is two things. A friend of mine who did music with me, after 20 years of being a Christian, came out on Facebook and says, I'm no longer a Christian anymore. Friend of mine, I'm like, oh my goodness, what's happening here? After 20 years of being a Christian, ah, I'm done. I'm packing up. And you know what the Holy Spirit said to me? Ricardo, he was not grounded in the word. It's like, wow. But he is the form of godliness. He knew the, 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 you know, the events and yeah, great, going to church and, and all the cliches and all that. He knew all of that stuff but not rooted and established in love. And so that's why I'm bringing this message this morning. That is the kind of negative side, but also the positive side is from this church where I came from, where they discipled me to become a better person than I am today. It's two different things. One, he says, 20 years, yeah, yeah, I've got the medals, but now, renouncing Jesus. Because of no substance. Liz Vane, boom, 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 input, input, input. I'm a better person, grounded in God. That makes the difference. That's why I'm bringing this to all of us this morning. It's like to get grounded again in the Word of God. So I call him, I say, Brother, how's things going? Man, don't talk to me. So he's mad at the whole world. Mad at the whole world. And it boils down to not being grounded and being discipled. That's why discipleship is so important. We have to establish a culture of discipleship. It's so, so important. And then he goes on to say, and teach them to obey everything I commanded you. What are the commands? Anybody, what are the commands that Jesus commands us? He says, everything I, I have commanded you, what is the command? It's, it's two things. He says, it's to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like unto the first, is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. He says, those are the things. Ricardo, you love me and you love people. You love me, you love people. You love me, you love people. You love me, you bring the best out of people. You love me, you encourage people. That's what it says. And then he says, and surely I am with you. Surely I am with you. That kind of broke my heart when I, when I heard that about my friend. And people all over the world is just criticizing him now. And I'm thinking, come on church, just, just pray for him. You know, don't, don't criticize the brother. But, but that is where this message today comes from. And last slide, I'm going to the last slide. And just give us some couple of thoughts what we need to do in, in able to establish a culture of discipleship. We need to be intentional with our relationships, meaning investing our time in others. It's very, very important. You know, sometimes I, I, just, I just come to, uh, I know in the UK you need to call before you come, you know, and you know, when you come and visit somebody. Um, 
Um, I'm not from the UK. I'm from Cape Town. I just rock up. Um, so, um, so we're, like with, with Dave, I just pop in. Ding, ding. That's why there's a bell. Ding, ding. And, I, and I come in. Because I know that our relationship is intentional. He said this to me. He says, Ricardo, you family. And I still remember that. And I don't see family call before they come. I'm like, yeah, I just come. It's because it's, we need to be intentional in our relationships with our friends. And I'm not just talking church context. I'm talking about people who don't know Jesus. It's important that we are intentional. I don't take food to work. I said to my wife the other day, I don't take food to work. I buy food. But then it would be, it would be, it would be like, come on, you can save some. No, I don't buy. I, don't, I, I buy it. I don't, I don't take it. There's a shop in, in Cardiff um, um, by City Temple called Posh Nosh. I don't know what that means. But, um, but they got these nice baguettes and all these uh, sandwiches. And I go in there because the Holy Spirit said to me, Ricardo, be intentional with this relationship here. And, um, and I would go in there, buy baguettes. And then there's a new lady that started. And, um, and, and she's sitting at the till, you know, taking the money. And I'm coming in and, you know, just being myself. Yeah, come on. You know, it's just like... And then this lady asks this friend of hers, who's he? He's, he's awfully happy. What's wrong with him? And she said, he's always like that. And, um, and, and a week after that, I came back. And she's there and she's oh, he is here again. He's here oh, again. And the Holy Spirit said this to me. He says, can you see what this is because she is seeing fruit in you that she would love to have for herself and I said to her if you think that I am really happy outside you should see what's happening inside it is just buzzing in here and 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 she said she started sharing with me about how she felt like um, how she now is she's kind of like at peace with herself now but for 20 years, she was struggling trying to be like somebody else. And I could share with her, and I said, you know what? Jesus can change the inner. And when it reflects outside, people will just love what they see. And we are called to be people that bear fruit. We are, I didn't say nothing about Jesus. She just said, I can't believe you're happy again. I said, you make it sound like I, I committed a crime. She said, I don't get it. People aren't like that. I said, people should be. And we are having this relationship because it's about being intentional wherever you find yourself, whether you're cycling. I, I, bet, I bet you guys meet a lot of people cycling. And, and it's that kind of things we're talking about. It's just like, you just be yourself. You just, you just bless them. You just, you just encourage them. You that's being intentional. Be intentional. Don't be weird. <laughs> Just be you. That is discipleship. The next thing is to reproduce the character and value of Jesus. Galatians 5. Just do this stuff. Just love and, and just be peaceful and not grumpy, but joyful and patience and kindness. In goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Just be that. And reproduce that in others. That doesn't sound so hard work to be a Christian. 
That, you know, it's just reproducing yourself in others. Jesus actually, scholar says that for 18 months, Jesus just invested his whole life in the disciples. 18 months just in them. And those were the 12 men that turned the whole world upside down. We are here today, I'm preaching by the grace of God because of 12 men that made a difference. Reproduce it. Jesus reproduced himself, his character into these guys and says, now you can go and you can do greater things. I want to do greater things. So it's about reproducing the character and also it's about uh, we need to abide. We need to abide in God's word. I, I always say, this is it. We have to abide in God's word. If we remain in Him and He remains in us, we will bear much fruit. Much fruit. So we need to abide and we need to leave a legacy to the next generation. If we are going to establish a culture of discipleship, we have to leave a legacy to the next generation. And discipleship is not a download of information, but a life of demonstration and transformation. It's not just, oh, this morning in church, oh, Ricardo came, he gave us not more information. Yes, the information is important, but let it transform you and demonstrate that out there. And I just, I just find in the church, we need to kind of like just say, okay, I'm not going to fear anymore, Lord. Give me boldness. Give me strength. Because my neighbor... God has placed you in that strategic place with your neighbor who's not saved so that your neighbor can see the nature of God. That's why you are there. That's why we still pray for our neighbors who are not saved yet. We are there to reveal the nature of Christ to them. That's what it is. Tomorrow morning when you wake up, let your neighbor see. They say that there is no God. Scripture says, Jesus, the disciple says to Jesus, when can we see the Father? And Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. People might not believe that there's a God, but if they see the values in you, they cannot, they, they have to come to the conclusion and say, I know that there's a God. Because his representatives are representing him well. Last slide. So this is the last slide. I, I'm here this morning to say you can do it. You can become the disciple God has called you to be. Because we are Christ's ambassadors and he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Ambassadors is a... Ambassador is an authorized messenger of a government. We're in the world, but not of the world. And Jesus says, go into the world. It's amazing, isn't it? So we're in the world, not of it. But Jesus says, I don't want you to hide from them. I want you to go to them. Because reconciliation, I'm reconciling them back to me, and I need you. Okay? So... The, the second Timothy 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. We have to teach others. I see my brother in Cape Town growing so much in God that, you know, when you, when you just have those moments of 
tears of joy knowing that this boy was a drug addict, never went to rehab. Jesus cleansed him, delivered him, and he's not on drugs anymore. He's an evangelist. He, he, he says to me, thank you so much for not giving up on me. Um, thank you for like, what you gave to me, I'm giving to others. And I'm like, yes, mate, that's discipleship. And that's what you need to do. How can I be saved and Jesus changed me and I keep quiet? I need to tell somebody. Last, last verse. Can we truly say this to our friends? Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Can we really say that? Not with arrogance, but humility and saying, Mate, you can, you can imitate me. The values I have in me about Christ, I say to my kids, you can imitate me. And if you, don't, if you see stuff that's not of Christ, you tell me that's not of Christ and I'm not imitating that. But there are definitely certain things I can say confidently before God. There are certain things that I know my friends and family can imitate about. Or they can imitate stuff in me. And that's the joy, the peace, the love for people. You can imitate that. Because why? It's loving God and loving people. That's the, that's, that's the message I brought this morning for, for us. And you know what? This church has just been so, like I said, so blessing. How about being intentional? I was, I, was, I, was, I was thinking the other day, I think like, I saw this place and I saw like, um, you know, the whole, this part just being cut out, right? And, um, and it was just bigger, right? I saw, I saw the memorial hall bigger. And I, in, my, in, my, in my vision, I'm thinking like, it's not normally like that. And I felt the Holy Spirit kind of like just saying, I'm about to bring increase in the church, in this vein. I'm about to bring increase. I'm about to, to break out, you know, I'm not naturally speaking, you know what I mean? But, but I saw this place big, like really big. That there was no, like these walls weren't there. It was just, a, it was just going out. And the Holy Spirit kind of just said, I'm about to do a new thing in Lisbon. I'm about to do a new thing in Lisbon. And I said, thank you, Lord, for for." for doing that so thank you so much for 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 your time and um and and i pray for you guys continue to pray for us um you guys you guys are lovely people i just love you um, and uh, god bless you